What is going on, internet, and welcome back to another episode of Nerdy Nomicron, episode number 41. That is plus one to our milestone, and I promise I won't name the episode plus one to our milestone. I am your host, of course, Alex, a.k.a. Snurfin, and I'm joined, of course, by my two homies, the two people who are always here no matter what. I was trying to think of something witty to say there, and I spaced. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when do we not space, bro? I don't know. I space too much sometimes. It is what it is. This man needs no introduction, no title. He is a man without accolades because he needs none. <laughs> Ryan, the synthetic. What up? Hello, 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 hello. Hello. That's all I got. And a man of many accolades, many of which I don't feel like going through right now because there's far <laughs> too many. My Just homie. say the latest one. Yeah. <laughs> like Little Caesars. He's hot and ready. Yeah. <laughs> the Chungus and, Among Us. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I guess now it's a uh, number one Star Wars fan. So Number one know. Star Wars fan. Star Wars fan. <laughs> Star yeah, Wars. I I think it's copyrighted, so I have to do the O instead of the A's. That's okay. Always a monstrosity, what up? Hello. You know, you know me, just like uh, creaming over Star Wars right now. Oh, yeah? Like <laughs> yeah. for real screaming over Star Wars? You're not even a real fan, don't you? <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, no, you're, I pretty much just did it fan. to mess with you guys, but um, no, I'm enjoying Andor. <laughs> Good, because that's at least one show you can enjoy. And I have representation, because as a Canari, he's from a village where they have they live under a rock, and I basically live under a rock. So, <laughs> okay, well, um, have that representation. Under the rock representation, dope, cool. Ah, definitely quite a bit to talk about this episode, as there is every episode. Otherwise, we wouldn't have episodes right 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 <laughs> let's start this one off with something nice and easy a little bit of gaming news and it's funny that you brought this up ollie because i was actually going to bring this up uh is stadia being shut down by google uh yeah it it very much is they've announced it officially i believe and it's kind of no surprise because I'm pretty sure the director of Stadia or like one of the big Google guys that got it started in 2008, he was like, single player games are dead. People only want to play multiplayer games and that's the future. And, you know, it's obviously not true because there's many single player RPGs that are still very popular and very keep, famous. Keep going. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, they're, they're axing Stadia. I guess the business model wasn't that great. And a lot of people are pretty much up in arms right now because it's not DRM free. So like, even though you paid the subscription, you, um, have access to the games under streaming. And then now with Stadia shutting down, you're just getting refunds and you're going to lose all your progress on all your games and there's a lot of there's probably like no games that you can really export your data to other things for 
-hmm. So people are petitioning it, and one case is that there's a guy who's played something like 20,000 hours or 2,000. I feel like it's some five-digit fucking number of hours that this guy has put into Red Dead Redemption 2, and he's begging Rockstar and Google to let him, like, transfer his character progression or whatever over to... And I mean GTA Online, not like... It's like Red Dead Online, not like the main campaign Yeah. Mm-hmm. over to whatever else he wants to try, I guess, like Steam or Xbox. So That's um, ridiculous. I think that is a bit ridiculous. Like, you've put so much hours into that game at a certain point, you got to realize there's probably not much else to do. And um, I feel like that's kind of, at the same time on you, like, I get there's this big push to get, like, DRM-free games on PC and even on console but when you pay for like a subscription service you're already agreeing to like never own the game outright so i feel like you can't really be mad when a streaming service decides to shut down it's like if netflix shuts down and people are like damn i watch this movie every month and now i'm gonna have nowhere to watch it like just go out and buy the movie at that point and i don't know but Anyways, they're shutting it down. It's one of the many projects that Google has bought or started up and shut down. And I'm pretty sure there's a website, I can't remember the name of it, that tracks every time Google cancels and axes a project. And it's a very long list, and it's a very active list too. And Stadia is just one of many things that has fallen under there. Right, but Um, did anybody not see this coming? No, because I knew this wasn't going to last. As soon as they even announced this, I'm like, "Why? Why are you? Who are you trying to compete with? People you can't contend with." I guess, like, is GameFly still a thing? Probably somewhere in some remote state. Yeah, like, um, I don't know why Stadia was even seriously considered by a lot of people, if at all. I guess, like, if you have a shitty computer, streaming is obviously better. But then you're on the whim of um having good uh internet right right i mean i think i think generally stadia is a good idea and i i think that um for what it is uh and that being a cloud service i think xbox has done a better job especially just having it attached to their free uh subscription um but i also think that in both cases for xbox and stadia it's too early we don't have the technology to make games work well in this format no matter what you play there's always a very noticeable input delay on any of these games even if you're playing like an 8-bit roguelike that's 23 megabytes or something yeah there will always be almost a full second worth of delay And that, I think, was uh, one of the biggest things that led to Stadia uh, not getting enough of a player base to really get off the ground. But it doesn't help the fact that they also wasted millions on game titles that weren't even for exclusivity. I I think they paid Rockstar something like $10 for two games, Red Dead 2 and GTA 5. And that was like an annual renewal contract. And yeah, then again, they didn't get any exclusivity for it. So we saw this like history of them just throwing money at developers for seemingly no reason. And we saw also a, a substantial lack of updates to its system. 
Not that they would have been able to fix much in the long run, but still, they they didn't have a good business model going into this, and I think that ultimately they were the reason it failed, because in my opinion, it is a good idea. Not having to download games uh, is pretty nice for a lot of people. I mean, I would like to be able to do that and play at regular speeds, but that's just not how it is right now. You, you can't you can't have both of those things at the moment. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. You don't have the tech to make that work. Yeah, for sure, streaming is a really good option for people who cannot download, like, 100 gigabyte games these days, um, and it's much easier to stream something. But Stadia, you're right. Like, they kind of put too much funding where, like, they weren't smart about it, and I feel like xbox has a much more accessible like way of doing it because eventually like they've been rumored to be in development or production by now like just having that like smart stick and i think on already on like certain tvs of like lg or something you could like the newer models they have a built-in like xbox games pass app and you can just hook up samsung yeah and you can hook up your xbox controller and just play any of the games pass games and stream it that That's are cloud cool. that are cloud accessible and like i think that is going to take off way more than stadia because it's an already well-established like platform if google as big as they are wanted to get into something i feel like they should have first started as like something like that and just contributed to whatever playstation or xbox already had and then if they wanted to branch off later i don't know but I'm not a business expert or anything like that, but I am not surprised that Stadia is failing. Like Alex said, is I was not, I'm not the target demographic, and I bet you there's not a lot of people who are. It's gonna, it's gonna be people who are in the boonies who are on the wait list to get like a Starlink satellite uh, connection. <laughs> I don't and... know, man. I think that the target demographic is like the most casual of video game fans. And I also think that's why it failed is because they targeted such a small audience. Yeah. That well, it, it be... just like, especially in a group of people that, again, have a connection that's capable of supporting this amongst yeah. this crowd of extremely like low timed gamers like they'll probably get like a couple hours a week kind of thing maybe like two days two days a week they would play and that's that's the kind of target audience that stadia was going for because it has to be like there's no other way that you can want to play a game at a competitive level and be okay with input delay yeah yeah totally but i've never seen a single stadia ad like i remember hearing it announced on the news and now i'm hearing it being shut down (laughs) and i not once have i ever seen an ad for stadia or gone on their website to see what it was about and i used to see them all the time but only on like the five second youtube ads maybe you're just a common casual you pleb like i guess i guess i I probably am maybe what you google already tells them you're a casual like you probably look up like (laughs) how to um, elden ring yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say (laughs) like how how to beat millennia in elden ring or something like that uh but yeah no i'm kidding um that's interesting because yeah i've never ever come across some stadia ad or anything like that i had no idea i used to see them all the time i mean it only was when it was coming out though like after it released and like like? it it was just uh 
they were kind of like iPhone ads, to be honest, where you just see like the controller and then you'd see somebody playing something. And I don't know, they would have like some text about no console. And then it would be like the release date. It, it was just like a five second ad for the most part. Um, so it was really quick, but it was uh, once it came out around, I, I believe this it released around like holiday season the year that it dropped um and after the holiday season i stopped seeing ads for it entirely hmm. well interesting another thing with stadia i was just listening to one of uh, the other podcasts i listened to shout outs to the folks over at kind of funny games not that they listen to this but they are fans of the show nonetheless hmm. um that's they were talking. Uh, they were talking about uh, a piece of news that uh, it was just recently discovered that uh, Hideo Kojima of Kojima Productions um, had reached out and wanted to make a Stadia exclusive game within the realm of Death Stranding. Oh, I thought I heard about that. Yeah, and Google said no. They shut that down uh, because it was going to be a single player experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where that's where it came from. Where I read that part about the guy saying in two thousand and eight that single player is dead, and everyone just wanted to play multiplayer. That's why he invested so heavily in Red Dead and GTA Online, um, and then like shut this down. And yeah, so very out of touch for sure is what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And then and that's the thing too, like. I mean, you don't get me wrong, I love multiplayer games, but I also very much love my single-player games, and there's a lot of people out there, more than multiplayer folk, who prefer single-player titles. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I feel like the best of both worlds if you, is if you somehow made a game, and there are some out there, like, I guess Borderlands is an example, where you can play it either way you want. Obviously, most are built in a way that they really favor multiplayer, but... I think Redfall is the first game that comes to mind where they've specifically <laughs> stated that they're that they're a little bit more focused on making the experience just as enjoyable in single player as it is multiplayer because the issue that happens if you play single player games like um that are meant to be multiplayer like Borderlands then you just keep dying and it's very hard to level up and you got to do a lot of grinding to get anywhere that you can with multiplayer. I guess um, you suck. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it, and it really depends on your build and, and your character and everything like that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, going f full multiplayer is definitely like not the way to go. P even diehard multiplayer fans, I feel like, get tired of multiplayer after a while and need a little bit of a different pace. Yeah. So. Let's also not forget that most of the highest rated games are single player games, and most of the biggest um most of the games i feel like that make the biggest headlines are almost always single player games as well like we could even go back five years and i'm sure we can name a game that was single player from every year that broke records in some way and yeah. I, I think that they like they just didn't realize what their product was because realistically, like you can't play anything but single player games on a streaming system. I tried playing Halo Infinite through Xbox Cloud Play, and that shit was 
awful. It sucked. (laughs) Like, it is so hard to play. I've definitely done that with Call of Duty or something back in the day, I feel like. Or even, not even just, like, cloud play, but you can hook up your Xbox to your PC if somebody's using the TV and just play from your Xbox on your PC screen. But then if you're doing that, again, you get the latency issue, like you said, with cloud gaming. And, yeah, it's like... It's it's honestly on the scale of like smaller than milliseconds, but it's still so noticeable. Full streaming cloud play is far worse than that. Yeah. At least there you have some kind of uh, wired connection between the console and the monitor, but when it's pure streaming, it it doesn't matter like how up to date your technology is, and your servers may be able to handle a a massive amount of bandwidth like i'm sure google stadia was but it doesn't account for the fact that all of the data being stored somewhere else is going to slow down everything that happens in the game yep yeah that's true yeah that's lame very lame yeah, but I mean, who knows? We'll get there eventually. Like, I'm sure we'll get to like 7G or something, and by then, streaming is going to be fucking easy. We'll yeah. have to pay for data. Wi Fi will be literally everywhere. 2051? <laughs> yeah, sure. Something like that. Well, what's the I mean, we might not even be that far, but then again, like. Yeah, that's what I was There's thinking. There's like, a lot of people that have cables so old that they're rusting out of the ground for their internet what, connection. What dictates like the timeline of moving from... Because I remember the 2G days or 3G days, and then we jumped to 4G, and that was a big deal. And I feel like 4G lasted for like 10 years before we we're now at 5G. And I still don't yeah. have anything that's 5G. Well, well, that that's kind of the thing. Like, 5G has been around for a while in certain places, but in the majority of, I think, Alberta, we don't have it. But if you go to, like, Saskatchewan, they have way better plans and, like, way cheaper and everything. Yeah. And I, well, think, I think they have 5G. I think most of the states has 5G. Yeah, 5G. I think it's... That's the, think that's the stuff that was, uh, that was the stuff that was spreading COVID, right? Yeah, the, the 5G towers. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Saskatchewan has Sasktel, and they do something with like government regulations on it versus all the other gross federal CRTC regulations that don't help consumers at all. So I know I pay for a Quebec phone plan and just have it ported to an Alberta phone number, and so I pay like ten dollars less than what you would get here in Alberta for what I have. Mm-hmm. But what kind yeah. of plan do you have? Well, I have the standard like I have like f- six, seven gigs of data and unlimited call and text to like the states and a few international countries, and I pay like thirty-five bucks a month for it. Whereas if you were to buy that plan here, it, that would be like a fifty-dollar a month plan. But that was also before they changed the whole oh, you have to have these standard plans across the country from all the big three companies so i don't know if that's necessarily changed but i've i haven't changed my plan and it's doing pretty Uh, good for me that's the most recent thing it's much harder to get a a deal like that now you have to be i I think you have to live in the other country or the other province for a while and then move back in order to keep 
uh, something like that. And even then, they might just raise uh, fees on what they would consider distance, uh, like calls and messaging uh, to make you switch over to a, a provincial plan or some dumb shit like that. Like, I could totally see that. But I don't really have anything else to say on Stadia. Um, I mean, again, cool idea, but who didn't see this coming? It was never well-received from the start. Yeah, all five people that actually used it are really disappointed. (laughs) And like you said before, it's literally because they're losing their progress, not because they were impressed by the system. Yeah. Yeah, all five people are the ones that put like 10,000 hours into Red Dead Redemption and are losing that. So, <laughs> Also, like, why would you play a game that doesn't have cross-play or cross-save? Yeah. <laughs> most games don't have it on, on Stadia because most developers didn't support it because they were like not... Uh, they, they weren't treated very well. For the ones that they didn't want, the titles that they didn't want, they got, most of the game developers got treated like shit. Stadia didn't yeah. want anything to do with them. Like games like Cyberpunk were on the platform, but I'm sure begrudgingly on Google's end. Well, to be fair, Cyberpunk had a very rough open. Yeah, but especially now when its player base is actually surpassed The Witcher 3's concurrent highest player base. Yes, but that's only just now. Yeah, and I yeah. get that. And, but they and, they also have done their absolute best to not tell anybody that this is happening. For most developers, the first time that they heard that Stadia was being shut off was through Twitter when they announced it to the public. Huh. Hence the funny. whole deal with Cyberpunk. They have a massive DLC releasing sometime soon. Uh, like it's going to be, a, they've said, equivalent to the Witcher's Blood and Wine DLC. And it had a slated date on Stadia that they announced four days before Stadia announced its servers were going down. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, they've treated it basically everybody aside from Rockstar like absolute trash. So I'm not surprised why no developers are really, like, backing them much. They had no exclusives or anything. Yeah. Well, that's what corporate greed gets you. Fucking yep. corpos, man. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing about that, like, Cyberpunk beating the record now is I feel like that's just going to be a big fad and that's going to drop off like crazy in the like you in the shut coming your weeks. Whore mouth. Just you say of- that, but it's also been about a month of rising concurrent players now. Just because the whole Edge Runner thing came out and then there was like a lot of like twitter talk preceding the announcement of the dlc and they started yeah, but doing the, this those night city wires again i don't know the I difference like... though is that the is that cyberpunk's not the game it used to be not even close. now when people are going and returning to it they're seeing what's more or less the finished the product of been. what they said yeah. that it was you know what? so Maybe I should everybody is being impressed buy. by it now yeah. and are like huh we definitely slept on this game way too heavy. So Fuck it will have... drop off for sure because it's a single-player game with no multiplayer experience whatsoever. Yeah. But it'll be like, I would say, another couple of weeks before people start beating the game um, and maybe like do another playthrough uh, just to get other endings or like whatever and then step away from it. 
So it will see a, a pretty significant dip, but <laughs> yeah. for almost two straight months, I would say its lifespan is going to be as big as it currently is. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Maybe I should give it another try as well at some you point. You should. Give I it think the you old should, dude. Try. To be honest, though, play it on like easy, because the game really benefits from a a, a cinematic feel. And if you play on hard, they it feels like they just increase the enemy health and decrease your defenses. So I feel like playing a game like that on easy just it really lends more to the experience than hacking away and at somebody with a sword for like a couple minutes through your entire stamina bar. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I play on medium. <laughs> I like a that's little fair. risk. <laughs> just I played little, on hard just a little, when though. I did the the I don't need a game to be so fucking hard. I, I mean, the only reason that, like, I played on, I think, medium or easy on my first character, and then my second character I played on whatever the hardest difficulty is, and I made it, a, like, an intelligence build, and it stomped the fucking game still, like, so easily. But then, like, since then they've uh, increased the AI uh, intelligence, so they actually act like an enemy in a video game. <laughs> so it's, it's it's a better experience and i don't know what it would be like playing as a like a full-on hacker build um with more intelligent enemies. probably yeah i'd have to try it but um i do want to talk about something else that uh that has been very much impressing me um oh, and uh, i'm sure this probably you. goes around Oh, What's that, sorry? Am I impressing you? No, <laughs> you are. You're, you're not impressing me. Have you noticed my haircut? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think it looks <laughs> oh, great. You. Yeah, no problem. You see this? My new fucking haircut. <laughs> yeah, it's a rat Yaga tail. Bombs. Yaga bombs. Yeah, I went full. Ollie, if um, you ever in, in fucking no, <laughs> you ever rat tail <laughs> or even fucking mullet, you and I will have words. <laughs> uh, I think I could pull it off. How about a cornrow no. mullet? Oh my god! <laughs> Ryan, what has blown your skirt up this this day? <laughs> oh, the rings of power, my friends. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to segue into this. I thought something else out of nowhere came and collided with your life, and you're like, "This is amazing." No, let's just, yeah, <laughs> let's open this up, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought both of these last two episodes, they, they've been topping each other. Ooh. Um, how many episodes do we have left? Is it is this nine or is this 12? This is six. Two more. What? This was episode six, pretty sure. We have eight episodes this season. Shut up. Yeah. Damn. <sighs> I mean, I feel like it does, it did feel like it's starting to come to a conclusion by the way that uh, this last episode ended. Uh, which is why I'm asking, but yeah, I know what you mean. I totally felt like this fe felt more like a penultimate or even a finale, but yeah, it's we got two episodes. Mm -hmm. And I'm still like now more than ever. I feel like they've fixed what I thought was issues with the timeline. So uh, I I wasn't uh, I I didn't believe 
that this wasn't Sauron. I didn't, I honestly, like you guys said it um, for a couple episodes now, <laughs> Alex has been saying it uh, since we first saw him, actually, Alex said it. Um, but then like we got that little thing last episode with the human dude that went and gave himself and half of that village to him. Um, but I was still like kind of on the fence about it. Like it was a weird interaction, but I wasn't sure. And, uh, then obviously this episode, they finally confirmed that he isn't, but he claims to have killed him. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. So I want to hear, uh, I want to hear your guys' take on that. Yeah. So kind of what I understood from that interaction was, um, so I know earlier when we first talked about it, it was when they, when somebody asked him about Sauron and he just kind of like glared at them, right? And this time he's actually like, yeah, I, I, I killed Sauron. And why can't you believe, or not why can't you, but he's like, do you not believe that an Uruk could do what like 10,000 elves could not or something? And mm-hmm. I'm... I'm suspicious of that. I feel like if he did kill Sauron, it must have been like some kind of trick or like Sauron used it to his advantage and hid or he was already really weak or something like that and Sauron's going to come back. Um, maybe the end events of this episode are going to lead towards that. Um, but um, I kind of, I'm kind of guessing he's one of the disciples who went like awry and he sought power for himself and saw opportunity and decided to take his gauntlets as like a prize or whatever to like build the story that he did kill Sauron or that he is Sauron and just go with it and just start carving out a name for himself kind of thing. Or he just has gauntlets like that, similar yeah. to Sauron's. That that too. But either way, he he wants to seem like he's the leader of the army and even when Gladriel like questions him and is like i do not believe that you are like the only commander of this army and i feel like the way he answered that question was very telling and that it was like technically he might be the only leader of the army but at the same time he doesn't he doesn't have the power or the godlike status that sauron did that he wants to like truly um yeah like like he knows if sauron came back the orcs would obey him yeah exactly and like this whole episode we were missing the harfoots and that other mysterious you know my that fell from the sky so i'm kind of curious how that plays into all of this as well Um, they kind of keep putting that shit on the back burner they do i there must be some really like okay so the, the last thinking, two episodes are going to yeah. be all about the Harfoots. <laughs> yeah. Either that or whatever happens with it is going to really jump. Because at the end of the fifth episode, didn't we just see the Numer- Numenoreans with Galadriel like, leave on their th- ships? And then at the end of this episode, we see them like charging into the Southlands. Like That was a very quick... Um, like sequence of events you know like i thought that we were going to get a few episodes of them on the journey too and that they were going to run into like other creatures of middle earth on the way or something like maybe like a balrog or whatever but from the depths of the ocean 
No, but, like, once they got to Middle-Earth, that they were going to have to, like, trudge through a lot of, like, Middle-Earth, and then we're going to get an episode where they meet up with some of the other characters. So, while all of, the, like, while all of this were going on, ob- it was obvious that these stories were all happening happening concurrently, but they're not connecting in the way that I really envisioned them to. So, that's kind of what kept me on my toes this episode, and I was like, when they showed the stampede coming, basically, and I was like, oh, shit, is that going to be how everyone in the tavern is saved, basically? And, I mean, pretty much, but um, I'm wondering if the Harfoots and what's going on with that Mayer guy is going to do something like that, too, and we're not seeing them for two episodes because all of a sudden we're going to get the elves with their mithril running into the Harfoots or something like that. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> I don't think that we're going to see too much with the like in this season I'm not certain that I think we're going to see too much more unfold with the Mithril. I think we might see the beginnings of uh like something bad growing between the uh, dwarves and the elves uh and maybe even having the dwarves uh, choose sides on whether or not they think they should help the elves in in this case um but i, I think the, the majority of that will be kept uh for another season hmm. um i do think though that uh there is going to be some way that galadriel goes back to the elves maybe at the end of the season when i i, I feel like sauron is probably going to appear at the end of the season um, and she will go to try and get the help of the elves. Um, and uh, maybe like Durin is there and uh, he brings the dwarves as well or something. Um, or it even could be the formation of the rings that brings all these characters together, which would make sense for it to be the season finale, in my opinion. Um, hmm. But to me, uh, I think that... Uh, I think that he is lying. I don't. I don't think that he actually thinks that he killed Sauron. I think that um, he, no, he probably yeah. tried, but he probably knows that he's alive in some capacity, whether he has a physical form at this point or not. Yeah, I. I think he's convinced. He's trying to convince himself, or he's trying to have the story that he killed Sauron, for sure. Because mm-hmm. w- wasn't there that one work that asked him, like, aren't you Sauron or something like that? Um, well, the, it was like the human guy that, uh, yeah. like, that left the town to go and um, swear the, loyalty the, to him. The yeah. old guy? Yeah. Yeah, the, the one, one that, that put the sword in at the end yeah. of the episode. Wasn't his name, like, Wendrag or Weldrag or something like that? There's something weird Kind of like close, that. yeah. yeah. Something like is that. what his name was, that piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So, okay. What I'm, what I remember from that was that he had to like kill or sacrifice people to join him, but he was like reluctant to join, but he wanted to join, right? Trying to remember the. So he had to kill. He had to kill that kid. Yeah. In order to join, and then they used the rest of the people as like the force that they sent in to kind of thin the herd of the villagers. So they were just like, people were mostly killing each other. There were a couple of orcs in there as well. And then when they had like 
killed a large majority of the villagers, he brought in all the rest of the orcs. And it was only that guy, that old dude of the humans that was really left. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he'll be somebody or something. Maybe he's nah, important I, somehow. Otherwise, why would they keep him around this long? I feel like he's just an actor. To serve his purpose. Yeah. To put like, the whole internet. Any orc could have done that, though. You know? Like, there's no reason why it would have to be a person. Well, if it's a person, then people don't automatically suspect some old dude who's, like, walking through, like, the encampment or whatever. I feel like I feel like there's some purpose to it. My, my takeaway from it was that he was... Um, it's it's not just orcs uruks or whatever like on his side and that we're gonna start seeing that there's other humans that also are going to serve sauron or adar or whatever dark power there is and i yeah. think that that's what the show is starting to tr get us to to realize because of course like we said the nazgul will have to come into play some point with the with the king of men kings of men that um become corrupted right i mean well like that'll all happen like much later after the end of the second age um but when it comes to like having other people join them they're they're only just starting to do that i believe and to be honest i don't even think that they were intending to have these people join them in any capacity. And that's why I think that they sent them all first into the village to die more or less. Cause I I'm, I'm sure that, uh, Adar Adar was fully aware that that first battalion of troops he sent in was just going to get slaughtered. So yeah. I it think, uh, it'll probably happen later on, but to be honest, he's most likely, he would be searching for somebody of actual notoriety to swear fealty to him, like a, a king who had actual soldiers rather than a bunch of peasants who lived in a village. Fair. Yeah, who is that uh, king? Was it of Helm's Deep that was like the corrupted one? No, it was the... Was it the Rohan or Gondor yeah, one? Rohan. Rohan. Yeah, Rohan. Yeah, that was like mad, and then as soon as they like freed him of the curse, he didn't look so old and decrepit anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if something Theoden. like that is yeah. Theoden, King Theoden of the Rohirrim, of the Rohir. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, I could totally see it. Um. Okay. So then, what are are, are we like? What are our th our theories going forward with like what's going on and like the floodgates are open, so to speak. Well, I mean, just to briefly touch back at when Ryan questioned, like, why why trust the old man? Mm -hmm. And I think knowing that he was about to get stampeded by a bunch of outsiders, they're not going to know who he is, so he could slip away as one of the quote-unquote survivors in the village and pass completely unnoticed. Whereas Uruks are very distinct-looking. So new riders coming in are going to see a human fleeing, if you will, uh, and let them slip right by because they're they're saving the village, right? That was my 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 thinking on it. Hmm. Um, as 
far as theories go, I don't. I'm not really certain. I kind of need to know what happens now because now the key has been turned. Mount Doom's been set off. And uh, that entire area just got fucking blasted. Yeah. Okay. I love that that is Mount Doom because I in was it episode five or this episode at the very beginning when they when they had the the shot pan out to show you the village they were in where the tavern was yeah. and then the mountain in the background. I'm like, I know that mountain. When I was in New Zealand, I was fucking there. That's the mountain I like tried climbing. Um and and yeah and that's exactly where they filmed the mount doom scenes as well when they when uh sam was carrying frodo up the hill mm-hmm. and and yeah by the end of the episode i was like yup man i'm like i've been there like that's so cool to see that that's pretty dope yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a very deceptive like hike up to that mountain because the parking lot is like like a good 15 kilometers away from it and you're like walking towards it and it feels like you're just about to get to the base of the mountain and then you never do and it's just like such a long walk towards it so we didn't actually make it like to the base of the mountain but whatever still really cool to be in that area and like see it Mm -hmm. hell yeah um i mean we we kind of see everybody either not everybody but people get fucked up by falling debris from from the eruption yeah that one Uh, soldier holy shit galadriel just kind of stood there as it would seem and let that blast wash over her so i don't know what's going on there um was it not some kind of like i felt like it kind of mirrored the dream that the queen of numenor had with the flooding of like her land of her kingdom was it her dream? It was, it was her, her dream. Yeah, yeah her queen, vision. Queen yeah, I got the same kind of vibes from that. That Galadriel was living some kind of nightmare and seeing like all that ash and and fire like come up. But except that that actually happened. Exactly right. Um, but that's kind of like really hard to survive for ninety percent of people. And if you're already that close to the mountain. Like, obviously, this is Lord of the Rings, so who knows what could happen with a lot of people that were there. But if you look at Pompeii, you don't really have much of a chance to survive that. And so if you're just going to be in that area and see that happen, you might as well just stand and stare at it as it's coming towards you. Because you're already too close to even, like, make it if you don't have any kind of vehicle that goes above, like, 50 kilometers an hour. Because I think... um, an eruption like that recently happened in like the last five years somewhere in Indonesia, I want to say. And if you are within like 200 kilometers of that, unless you start running like right away, like you really have a hard chance of surviving it because those ash clouds can travel pretty fast. And I think the eruptions of like the rock from the caldera can like hit you and fly out for up to like, a big radius even outside of that so it's a pretty dangerous area to be in yeah no kidding yeah well that was one hell of a volcanic eruption but i mean as far as uh this episode goes it was quite action packed come that that last well i guess the second half right like that was pretty fucking awesome yeah 
Yeah. And they don't uh, they don't shy away from from the blood and violence in this. Like No. When Aaron Deer stuck that guy in the eye and then they ended up pulling it out and he's got like eye blood fucking pulsing out on him all over the place and shit. I was gonna say in just about every movie or TV show where a scene like that happens, they have the guy's mouth open or whoever the victim is, and the blood never falls on their teeth or in their mouth. And I was like, damn, they're actually, like, going for, like, the full effect and, like, having this guy <laughs> gobble up some, like, black, crusty blood. And uh, and I was like, blood. and there's been so many, like, beheadings. Like, they've never been, like, center of camera when they happen. But they'll be, like, in the scene and very prominently placed. So there was the one when the Numenoreans first stormed into the village. And just in, like, the bottom right corner... um you saw a guy like lob an Uruk's head off just like so quickly with finesse. And I was like, Whoa. So yeah, I agree with you. It's been pretty awesome. Dude, fucking Uruk's were getting cleaved in that battle. Like it was. Yeah. I like it. And I want to say Aaron Deer's like bow skills are fucking awesome. Like I remember being in awe of like Legolas, but this guy is i love i like the way he like lifts his arm up like that and like snipes people with the bow he i don't know he just he has like an energy about him that i really like i hope his character makes it really far yeah let's not get too attached if i've learned anything in in tv recently uh or in recent years i should say is that you should never get attached yeah to any character that's true because even if even if it's the show that doesn't do anything to them, oh man, there's some things behind the scenes that happen with certain shows that can like rewrite or recast characters. Like Game of Thrones is a good example. There's been like three recasts of prominent characters that they just like never address. Has there? Yeah, Gregor Clegane has been recast, um, and so has Who? the. Is it the mountain? Yeah, not the hound. The mountain. He was recast. He was played by someone in season like one, and then played by someone else for the next like three seasons, and then they got the Norwegian like big bodybuilder guy to play him in the last like few seasons. Like he was recast like three times, twice, Um, and then there was the guy with the really Mm. long hair and the pretty face who was with like Khaleesi. And then he got recast to a guy with short hair and like facial stubble. And they just kind of like rolled with it and never, I mean, like not that they really had to, but yeah, there's been so many different like big name, not like main cast really, but they've been prominent characters that they just recast during Game of Thrones, either because the character arc they wanted to go with was like not at all what the actor's chops were up for, or there were stuff behind the scenes, I guess, that like caused that to happen. There were at least three recasts like that throughout the series. Um, I just can't remember if there were more or, or what, but yeah, there were noticeable recasts just about every season. Kind of wish I paid more attention to game of Thrones. I didn't get very far. I'm, I'm, I could, yeah, I'll I'll see if I can find an article about it and I'll link it to you guys at some point. But oh, so no yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um, 
sorry, you you had asked for predictions, and I kind of spun off into talking about the action of the show because I didn't. Yeah. Want that to to go unspoken. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess we have to see if Halbrand is going to be returning or has returned at the Southlands, and he is to be their king, as he had just agreed. Then he is one of nine. Yeah. Um, which means we need to assemble eight more fucking kings. Well, and, and I, I don't know how that's going to happen, but yeah, that reminds well, me. Well, they're like, all what... going to be the kings of like the various lands. Like uh, every place that we saw in Lord of the Rings is going to have a ring bearing king. Yeah, including the elven places, the dwarven places, like oh, yeah. all of it. But like. Who were the eight other human kings? Yeah, uh, I mean, as far as I know, they're not like majorly important characters. Well, wasn't... They they'll probably be like, I bet. Uh... <sighs> hmm. Wasn't like wasn't... Isildur's father? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I want to think. One of the Numenoreans is going to be um, the ring bearer, and do we not have like a whole history with like Helm's deep being like an elven thing and then became human. And that's why Helm's deep is so like cool, like all that. And I, I feel like one of the, like the King for that must be one of the ring bearers. And, um, same with, uh, Ooh, fuck. It was just at the tip of my tongue. Um, Anyways, definitely not enough that I can come up with like eight of them. Oh yeah, the the ghosty boys that Aragorn had run into in like the second movie, the Twin Towers, was it? Um, he wasn't one of those ghosty guys, like an old king of men or something like that. Yeah, and they they swore to. I I think that they swore to help another of uh, man's kingdoms fight a war that i think was actually like it was somewhere near mordor uh and then they never showed up like they just like didn't yeah. help at all so they, cursed so they them or the king that died in that battle that was promised the aid cursed them to live until they um basically fulfilled their vow yeah and they could only do that to the true king of gondor which that guy was the one that they promised help to was one of the descendant sorry the descendants of the uh true like line so maybe that's what happens i don't think that would be halbrand because i do think that that happened in the third age um but yeah i'm sure it happens much later on but i'm just trying to remember like think of like places where it could could go with the rings yeah, I'm really not sure. To be honest, I'm sure that we'll start meeting all of these characters if we haven't already. Um, but I also yeah. do think that a large amount of these Numenorean troops are potentially going to be assigned land. Um, as it seems like there's no real established kingdoms here yet. At least not now that uh, Adar, Adar seemingly took over the one kingdom that there was, which uh, belonged to, um, what's his name? Herondir. Um, 
No, no, no. The the human guy, the human king. Oh, Southlands. Yeah, Halbrand. Yeah, yeah, like the, I, I feel like we're led to believe that there isn't like a bunch of kingdoms right now because they yeah. they went. What did they say? They said something this episode uh, about a place where they were going up the river, and it was a place that we saw in Lord of the Rings, but much, much different in Lord of the Rings. River Rivendell. No, no, no. Like. Uh, it was when they were arriving in Middle Earth. They went up this like channel. Oh, um, right. oh you're and... right. That's where Frodo and Sam went on the boat, right? And yeah, yeah. and that's where they met where they put... Boromir's brother. Yes, yes. Like at yeah, the at the about. crossing the between Mordor and Gondor. Yeah. Yep. 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah but it wasn't anything yet. It was just like. It was just a river and just a just a bank. Like there, there wasn't a kingdom there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna see, like maybe if they're really continuing this show for a few seasons, we're gonna see like the origin of a lot of these things. And one of the origins I want to see are gonna be like the knights of, or the rangers of Rohan or Gondor. I'm pretty sure it's rangers of Rohan or something, where um aragorn eventually becomes like a member of and everything um and rangers were like the best warriors of the kingdoms or something like that if i remember well they were they like were basically... mercenaries i thought like they, yeah. they were more well, or I less got the... for hire yeah but at the same time they they had like an oath and a code at least that's what i learned from uh the game like shadow of war and shadow of mordor like they, hmm. because the character you play in that is a ranger that was murdered, and then Calabrimbor, like, like, as a wraith, went into you as you died to make right, and yeah, and that's why he uses you as a vessel to like enact revenge against Mordor and Sauron. Maybe they're just like Ronin or something. Like, like they have their code that they stick yeah. to, but they're just like. That's without uh, leadership yeah that's the vibe i got for sure okay well, i've got a prediction i want to throw out there if you're done alex or did you uh, oh yeah no no go here? ahead i was no um, the, the only thing i was gonna add was the i don't know why the thought came to me this morning when i was getting ready for work even though you had said it two episodes ago that you thought perhaps how <clears throat> how brand could be one of the nazgul um and my brain just all of a sudden clicked this morning with he could be the fucking witch king of Angmar. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you already kind of said that. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, didn't even didn't even dawn on me. I I thought I had an epiphany. And I was like, oh my god, this could be it. And you, <laughs> later on today, you're like, I said that like two fucking episodes ago I'm like i also want to say no. that i called the fact that he is the like in the true line of kings and the heir of gondor since the first time we met him i, I want to take credit for that one too that i uh I'm, I'm happy about that prediction well i mean he's king of the southlands i don't know about gondor we we established that this episode but there's no Gondor yet. Yeah. They're there gonna... was. 
There was not. There was. was. That's why he was in the ocean. He lost the battle for his kingdom to Adar, and that's why he was like, do you remember me? Yeah, Yeah, but but that was like Southlands. That was the king of the Southlands. Gondor hasn't been created yet. The yeah. Southlands is Middle Earth, boys. We've established this like episodes I, ago. Southlands. I understand what you're saying, but you're not understanding what I'm saying, and that is that Gondor, the the, the actual realm of Gondor, or city of Gondor, has not been established yet. And I'm aware of that, but the true line of kings is the kings of the Southlands, is the kings of Middle Earth, is the kings of Gondor. Gondor is the capital. It, it just because it hasn't been established yet doesn't mean that he is not the heir to that throne. Oh no no! Like yeah, I he'll 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 become that for sure. Um, but isn't Southlands as well like just a portion of Middle Earth? Like no, Southlands is, the Southlands is all of Middle Earth. What oh, what we've been seeing like the at the very end of Lord of the Rings, um, when Frodo and like Gandalf and Bilbo all go on that elven ship, yeah, like to leave. They go out past where all the elves currently are to the place where Galadriel was sent the first time. But nobody else lives in Middle-earth. Numenor is not in Middle-earth. Yeah. Uh, where the elves currently are is not in Middle-earth. They all migrate there during this period and eventually like populated during the Third Age. Yeah, it's a new continent, basically. Well, like, they know it's there, like, especially the elves, because, like, that's that's where they were fighting Morgoth in the yeah. first age. But they they essentially abandoned it because the whole place got fucking annihilated, basically. Like, so much of the population got wiped out that they got more or less to the same spot at where they are now in technological advancement is where they were at the end of the first age. Like, almost near extinction levels of death were caused by Morgoth. And same goes with this Second Age ending. Sauron is going to cause near extinction level for all of these races. Spooky. I mean, but, yeah. uh, so I think my prediction, now that we've seen Mount Doom wake up, I think that this is going to be the part of the reason that Sauron comes back. Um, I think that uh, he's been in... Who who did we see that had that ball again? Who had that ball? Oh, it was the um, Queen Regent. The Palantir. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I think... Palantir, sorry. So, based on what's been said, I think that Galadriel is going to be the reason he comes back. I think that he's going to get into her head, maybe through that thing, because of what Adar was saying to her in this past episode. Um, And she is going to bring him back. And I think that he was reluctant to have to go this far in order to win, like to, to flood and then cause Mount Doom to wake up. I think like based on his reaction and then leaving uh, like escaping the prison that he was held in. He he was reluctant to do it. He didn't want to have to resort to this because he knew that uh, this is potentially what's going to bring back Sauron. Hmm. 
Um, but I also do think that we're going to maybe see um, something to do with... I think the Mithril is going to cause Calibrimbor to go to Middle-earth. And then in his search for something, maybe like help from more dwarves to rally to his cause or something, uh, he'll have some kind of connection built to Sauron to start the construction of the rings. And I think that we'll get the final like episode where all the rings are starting to be divvied out. Everybody thinks that they've won this war because they've killed Adar and his uh, Uruk. And then they start to divide up the kingdoms. And then Calibrimbor comes in in a good faith and starts handing out all of these rings of power to various different races that have now more or less allied uh, or allied themselves in the fight against um, Adar. Okay. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's just go back one sec. If Halbrand is the is the king would that then like 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 the same bloodline as aragorn is that what yeah, you're saying i suppose but it can't be because aragorn descends from isildur who descends from elendil so i also brought this up a couple episodes ago i think that these two are related and not oh. know it uh, I don't know. I don't know if they don't know it, to be honest. Well, I mean, like, there's the interaction between them is definitely not brotherly, if that's a thing. Yeah, but I, I also think that there's a reason. Like, I feel like there's a reason why we haven't learned much about a sealed door's mother. I feel like there is <laughs> a reason. <laughs> yeah, aside from that. <laughs> but I feel like, especially what was established this episode about her, she now seems like a more important character than I first assumed. Um, we've intentionally stayed away from anything to do with Halbrand in terms of his past. The most that we've gotten in that regard is his conversation uh, with adar if he's if he remembers him like that's the most that we really actually know about him aside from he is the heir to the the throne of the southlands so you're right like the the line that aragorn descends from is isildur which was his father and like i said before he has to have some claim to a throne and i think that it will be family ties to me, it doesn't make any other. It doesn't make sense any other way. So, what also makes sense to me for Halbrand to become the Witch King is for him to die, pass on his Ring of Power to uh, Isildur's father, who then becomes King of the Southlands. And after that happens, we'll see the father die to Sauron, Isildur take up the sword, and then take the One Ring. Right. So well, know, to me, like that timeline makes sense. I know that. Oh man, this is complicated. I know that they're taking a lot of liberties with this show because they just don't have the rights. Mm -hmm. um, but can they really change that much? 
why would it be changing? They would essentially be rewriting. How? Yeah. Well, you're you're suggesting that Isildur is not Elendil's son. What? No, I I actually just said the exact opposite. Well, what do you mean? Aragorn is is a descendant from Isildur. He, he comes yeah. from that bloodline. So, are you say, is Halbrand like his uncle? Is that what you're saying? Like something like that? Yeah, like probably. That that's my assumption. Like they're the these three of them: uh, Halbrand, Isildur, and Isildur's father. I don't I don't remember what you just said his name was. Elendil. Uh, Elendil. I think that yeah, like Elendil and Halbrand, I think are blood related. They do look similar. And I again, like I just like I just said, I think that he's going to pass down the ring to Elendil when Halbrand is killed in battle, which I think is going to happen at the end of the season. Definitely seems like a guy who'd be killable. Yeah. So in that case, like I feel like that makes sense. If he gets the ring before he dies, then that for sure means that he will be part of the Nazgul. And it only makes sense for him being the first rightful heir to um, the Southlands for him to be the Witch King. Like, do you, do you, do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying? Like, it, does that make more sense? I don't think you were getting what I was meaning uh, before. Oh, I'm still having a rough go of it. That's a like, so... Like... Elendil would be the next in line to the throne if Halbrand is his brother. Yeah. So that means if Halbrand dies, Elendil right. gets the throne. But and if is he dies, then Isildur gets his throne. Elendil is the one who founded Gondor and another city called Arnor. After Numenor bites it. And Numenor does bite it. We, there's no getting around that. Numenor gets destroyed. Yeah. Um, but I'm is wondering... that like a canon thing that they don't own? Well, I, I feel that's, like that's, that's where that's where I'm having a hard like... time with because, like, can you really change that much? Well, I that's why I was saying yes earlier. But... Is like, regardless of Ryan's theory or what happens in the lore, they don't own. Like, they really could do whatever they want. Like, they Fuck could even me. change. But that's that's not even what I'm saying though. Like, what I'm saying has zero bearing on any of that. Like, the fact that Gondor doesn't exist now changes absolutely nothing in this timeline. Like I yeah. said before, the fact that it doesn't exist doesn't mean that there's not a throne to this continent, right? There's yeah. still technically a capital, and yeah. that king runs all of the other kingdoms within Middle-earth. That throne, that king, is Halbrand. His brother, Elendil, may be the person that founds gondor and this other place but we already have established that that hasn't happened yet right so the yeah. rings are going to get passed down to people regardless of where they're from it just eventually becomes the ring bearers the king of gondor the ring bearers the king of um uh rohan like it, it becomes these cities but they didn't start as that and they don't need to be that he doesn't need to be the king of gondor to be the rightful heir of middle earth he needs to sit on whatever the current throne is. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see how this fucking plays out. 
Because now I'm like, now I'm eager to see where this goes. Because like, if you're right, you're going to shatter my fucking brain. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I'm, so I'm wondering then when, um, uh, who's our big bad? Adar, when he was, when he was talking about how he wants to get into like godlike power status, basically, and that he was saying Sauron, I believe, was not even aware of some of the own, like, properties of the things he has. Like, the own magical properties. Like, he, he basically had potential in in what he owns that even Sauron wasn't taking full advantage of, or something he like was, that. He was saying that Sauron was trying to bring back life to Middle-earth through means that he hadn't uh he didn't have a comprehension of okay yeah and so when they when the camera panned to following what the key um was starting to do and you know release the water from the dam that eventually started the eruption of the volcano and then it also i think when he was even talking about that it was showing us scenes of like um you know these I don't even know how to say it, like dark things in in like a, a cave. Like there was like a shield with a face on it, I think. Um, stuff like that. Like what do you suppose that stuff is? Is that just like, I don't know. Like I didn't, like I'm curious what that's going to kind of end up being. Like so. Like do you think it's a shrine to something? Yeah, like I'm wondering like what he's talking about like because obviously he released um like mountain doom but is that giving him the intended consequence that he thinks like what if sauron and by him saying like oh i killed sauron um he has nothing there's nothing to gain by lying about that if he was doing sauron's bidding already because they already they already think that he's doing sauron's bidding basically right that's why they what if sauron's bidding was to kill him to put his power somewhere else, like within Mount well, Doom. But that's the thing, is that that's kind of redundant, right? Because you kill him only to bring him back and make him more powerful. Why does he have to die in the first place? Can't he just, like, stay maybe alive? Maybe it's a dark magic ritual of some kind, and he could, can't kill himself could be. for it. Well, yeah. let's also think of it from the perspective of the beginning of the show. Where we start hundreds and hundreds of years before what's currently happening in the show. No, that was like two and weeks we see... before, man. it's a couple days you know (laughs) but uh we see galadriel like hunting him all throughout the ages and he probably knows that he probably knows that there are more or less immortal beings that are hunting in it and if they got to him and managed to kill him in combat he would probably really be dead yeah but when he has somebody like a like a servant kill him he already has this like plan like like palpatine when Vader threw him into the Death Star, and then in a new trilogy, like he turns out he had a fucking plan for that all along. He knew. <laughs> and it's like same shit. Like honestly, that might exactly be what this is. Like he he had intended for his subject to betray him, or he knew it was coming, so he took measures to to not die, I guess. Like kind My of the same way that the rings added. of power work where they like could kill him but the ring still resides so his power remains right hmm. 
Yeah, I, I kind of think that like Adar <laughs> is doing his own thing, and whether he thinks Sauron is gone or not, he thinks that he's getting the upper hand on Sauron by doing whatever it is he's doing, and by doing this and having the key turned and all this, you know, Mount Doom activated or whatever, that he's unintentionally like making Sauron more powerful or unleashing something else that we're going to see later on and Adar is going to run into his demise by his own creation kind of thing mm -hmm. and that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting is that he's just like overzealous and he was an acolyte of Sauron who just saw opportunity and wanted it for himself basically and mm -hmm. I yeah, can I think agree with that I think Adar is only going to be like the the intro season one villain, and then we're going to get Sauron or some other thing coming out for season two. Mm -hmm. But my vote is definitely uh, Dark Ritual. Yeah, I mean, I I feel Same. like that could be some part of it for sure. Dark Ritual sacrifice. He and... did kill. He did kill Sauron, but not in the way everybody wants to think. But that see, that's kind of like my my point was what I was saying earlier is like there's no benefit in him lying about it if that was the case. Like people don't care if if you know people just see the the dark and the evil and think Sauron. They they're not going to see Adar and hear him say, "Oh, I killed Sauron," and then just be like, "Yeah, we totally believe you, buddy." Like that doesn't gain any purpose. He could have just lied and said you know sauron is making plans that you can't stop like he could have just said something like that if that was the case i feel i feel like he himself is convinced that or not even half convinced because he doesn't truly know sauron's power and he's aware of that fact but he does think that he at least got enough of a head start that he could do whatever it is he's trying to do but I don't think it's going to turn out that way either way, and Sauron's going to come back and, like, smite that, that bitch, basically. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that he believes that what he's doing is right for, like, himself. At least from, like, the conversation from this last episode, he's talking about how he's trying to give these orcs, like, a, a place that they're deserving of a home just as much as any other creature. Oh, and... Yeah, the Uruks, and that's how, like, it stems into uh, him saying to Galadriel that, like, um, he isn't Sauron, but what if she is? Because sh she represents all the same things that he does, like, his desire for blood, his hatred um, for, like, all these other things. And um, that, that conversation is really what makes me think that she's going to be the reason he comes back, but... I, I think that he believes, like Ollie is saying, that uh, that like what he's doing is against Sauron, but he's actually working to the same purpose without knowing so. I think they're homies, butt buddies, titch t tip touchers. I don't know what, <laughs> what other word there is for that. <laughs> do they do they touch tips gingerly though? Um, more like brunetly. Kind of, kind of. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're elf ear tips. 
I'm taking that out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm editing that part out. (laughs) Bad joke. Okay. Got to read the room all over. (laughs) Um, So what do we, do we see Sauron reappear, re re, uh, come the end of this season? I think so. I still am a hundred percent convinced that we'll see him make the rings and start to give them out at the end of this. Lots of people are a hundred percent convinced that that Marshall Mathers looking motherfucker (laughs) is Sauron in disguise. Yeah. That was because when they released promo, um, I forgot about those cultists. Um, When they released promo pictures of all these different characters and they had that like really like Sid from toy story looking guy that you're talking about. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. like show up there people were there were shitty tabloid sites that were releasing that being like this is sauron and they could have somehow leaked it and knew ahead of us but i don't know i i don't know if that's sauron i think those are just like cultists dark cultists who are looking for that my air guy right Uh, and that's Mm -hmm. i'm 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 of that uh of that mind too am i the only person who thinks that that was a woman um i mean i, I guess i didn't no really think idea. about it yeah <laughs> i like if it is a if it is a woman then sure but i i guess i would assume it's a man hmm. um i know uh <laughs> um mclean at work is like dead convinced that's sauron and i'm like i don't know wow. man I don't know. I feel like that makes no sense. Like, why would he be seemingly so young when we know that we're so close to the end of this age? Well, right. Well, could be like a, you know, how dark magic probably changes forms, right? You know how how cloning works as we have it, basically, is you, you take that cell from the body and the cell has already basically come from a body that's lived half a lifetime so it only has a half lifetime to mature so you so effectively the clones will age faster than the original did and has like half the lifespan or whatever lifespan is left at that point so i don't know maybe it could be something like that with the dark ritual like it just needs he just needs more uh power or something to really gain um a more like mature appearance i guess i don't know i don't want to defend this theory at all i like if it turns out to be true then whatever i'm wrong but i truly do not believe that it has any basis at all yeah i i I do think that like you said it was just garbage media posts that people just caught on to yeah, yeah. I, and if anything is going to come out of those cultists, I get, I bet you it's going to be like a Walking Dead style like um, storyline where it's just some weirdos who like saw the fireball and were like cultists and were like, let's go there and fuck some shit up. And then the Harfoots are going to have to like fight them off or something. And then the Meyer guy is going to save them and destroy them. And then that's basically going to be it. And then in the next season, it's going to be released that the Maier only killed them because he didn't want to be exposed or he just didn't know that they were on his side at the time or something like that. I don't know. It's going to be something like that. I bet. Or they're magically going to restore him. Yeah. It could be something like that too, but they're still evil when he fucks them up anyway. 
but you forget that I, I like, I wrote this storyline, so I kind of know what's going on with it. But like, oh, did you? Yeah, you know, my predictions, I, I, I always, I always land one, so you know, I might as well be writing them. <laughs> Name three. <laughs> might as well. Name three. I wonder though, now that you've kind of said that, like, uh, you guys remember when we see Gandalf come back, and yeah. the first interaction that he has with, uh, with like the the Fellowship was. They call him Gandalf, and he's like, "Oh, that was what they used to call me," right, because he just lived name. like thousands of lifetimes uh, over the course of that yeah. like fight with the Balrog, where he died and was then reincarnated. Yeah. What if that's what we're seeing? What if this guy is just like a he died at some point and then was reincarnated, and he's now like having to relearn the world, but he has nobody to teach it to him aside yeah. from his Harfoots. You know what? I feel like you might not be far off because I'm pretty sure I read something in like the Lord of the Rings wiki that some of the Maiir that have shown up have um, like Gandalf has shown up as like two different people throughout history. One of them. Yeah. Because like the way I understand it is they're essentially immortal beings like their forms aren't immortal, but their souls are. So they go through this process where like Gandalf had a purpose that he was on middle earth to fulfill so even if he died in the pursuit of that purpose he came back as gandalf the white to fulfill it and then when it was fulfilled he left to the afterlife with the elves and frodo at the end and it like that doesn't mean that gandalf is dead it just means that he is now his spirit has now gone back to the state that it was in after he uh, died fighting the Balrog where it's in this like this like growth stage where it just it becomes like an entity on its own and it just kind of waits until its purpose until it has a new purpose and then it gets reincarnated in the world yeah yeah I think that's kind of what I was reading that um, Gandalf has come back like before as a different name, and he was—he actually gave a ring to somebody, if I remember right. Um, to Frodo. No, it's not even like the <laughs> From Frodo Bilbo. Bilbo thing. <laughs> like as I as mean, the it other, is true. <laughs> as the other, as the other name, like he, like maybe I can find that if I if I save the. Uh... Gandalf's other name, his original name was Olorin. Olorin, was that it? Um, yeah, I feel like I found some like article that was, was like described. Known by the elves as, as Mithrandir. Yeah, so I'm sure there's something that could be the the case, Ryan. It could be someone we do know or know later on. Like for all we know, that's Saruman as well. I guess like they could do whatever they Fuck want. Fuck me! Like, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, it's Holy possible. I think we, we know, or we're told in the Lord of the Rings that Saruman is the oldest of the uh, like Maiad wizards, isn't he? They say something like that. He's been around the longest, and he was like the Ents. I think say something about it that he was a protector of the forest for like an age. Right. Son of a bitch. Maybe that would make a lot that. more sense than Gandalf. Oh actually, that's a good call. God, who called yeah. that? Ollie, Me. Ollie, <laughs> dude, you smashed that right open, bro. I think that's, I think that's a thing. I'm rolling with that. I like that, that one. That's Sauron. I, I mean, feel like, like that makes the most fitting. sense. It's fitting. You know, he even kind of looks like maybe how a young 
Sauron would look like, but I don't know. Just throwing that yeah, out there. I can see it. <coughs> God damn. I like that one though. I really like that uh that take. That's a good one. Um aside from that, I wonder who like was it Morgoth then that set up the whole key thing? Like and why did Mordor have to reactivate like that? And why was there like a contraption set up with this dam to do all that? I'm guessing well, it has something to do with a prophecy. I, I, to be honest, I think it's more like, yeah, it might be, but I thought it was just more face value than that. If they can just spread this darkness everywhere, then the orcs can just move around freely, which is what Adar yeah. was going for. Yeah, yeah, that at the very least I kind of got because that's the whole point that Mordor is like gross like that because that's how they. Because of all the ash. Yeah. yeah, and I bet with the next episode we're gonna start it with um. What was that Game of Thrones episode after the war where, like, Kit Harrington is, like, looking around and, like, everyone's dead, basically? And I feel like that's how this next episode is going to start. And it's just going to be, like, Galadriel standing in, like, a sea of ash and, like, trying to find survivors and things like that. Yeah, and, I uh, think you're 100% it's, it, on it's that It's going to be, like, a really dark, like, beginning of an episode where there doesn't seem hope. And then by the end of the episode, we're going to get, like, hope. And that's probably going to be, like, the Harfoots like mounting the the hill and like looking down at it all <laughs> no i'm kidding but seriously i mean i, I feel like we're gonna get some kind could, of like could hope. be on to something well they're headed to know. like the grove or the shire right more the routes of like like i think ollie's right i think the first 10 minutes we're gonna see some fucking gruesome shit like half of a body the other half crushed under a rock from the fucking eruption and i think that we're gonna see a little bit of the smoke part in the sky and the eagles will come. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, eagles will, eagles. the eagles will drop water bombs all over the ash to stop the spread. I, but honestly, it. though, like I, I think that they will appear. And to me, it makes sense because after this eruption, there's no way that the rest of the elves don't know. Or the dwarves. I feel like they'd feel it underground. Yeah, for sure. But the dwarves wouldn't go to help, necessarily. The elves no. most likely would. But what if Do it you... wakes up the balrogs or the dragons or something? Because don't, like... That's a thing. Yeah. Well, the dragons, potentially. The balrogs are dead what... at this point, for the most part. Because wasn't it, like, um, Smog was woken up by the dwarves digging too deep or, and greedily or whatever? yeah so like if a fucking volcano erupts like and it's mount doom of all volcanoes i feel like we're gonna at least get a balrog out of it maybe i mean there was before sauron um morgoth's lead general was a balrog and he was the lord of the balrogs he was fucking huge like he was like the size of a mountain oh interesting Um, i wonder if well, but cause... he did get killed in the first age, and that's oh. how Sauron then kind of came to be the second in command. But most of the Balrogs were killed during the first age. Oh, really? Because I also read yeah. that that the Maiar can become Balrogs if they become like they stay on Earth too long or become corrupt or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... I think I think you were talking about that a couple episodes yeah. back. Yeah, and that's kind familiar. of an interesting little like tidbit. So what if? What if all of this 
is just to set up that that Myer guy with the Harfoots is just going to be that Balrog that kills Gandalf, and that's the time. <laughs> First off, the Balrog did not kill Gandalf. Gandalf killed the Balrog, but yeah, used like I'm... all his strength to do it. Sure, potato potato. So it, it killed Gandalf. No. Potato no... potato. Tomato no. tomato. Tomato. <laughs> also, patata. I hate to I hate to I hate to break potato, the whole Sauron tomato. thing, but unfortunately, Sauron didn't make it. Uh, to Middle Earth until the Third Age. Yeah, but well, we also are told that none of the none of these wizards made it to, like before this show, it, Tolkien had said that there would was none of these wizards before the uh, the beginning of the Third Age. So, like, just him being there already breaks that canon. Not necessarily. It could be a blue wizard. Yeah, I thought there were some types of wizards that came up. There in the were, first but like age. specifically these, like the these types of people, like what are they called oh, again? Yeah, these, like, I see what you mean. Beings. The Maiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I don't doubt, but at the same time, is that one of those things where they don't own the canon of because they could just rewrite whatever they want at this point? Exactly. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying, though. Is like I that's why I believe that it still could be Saruman because yeah. according to Tolkien lore. This person shouldn't be here yet, but he is. Yeah. So why not sure. fucking roll with it? To quote, because he could be a blue wizard. Because I'm looking at all this stuff right now. Uh, Their task was to circumvent Sauron, to bring help to the few tribes of men that had rebelled from Melkor worship, to stir up rebellion, and after his first fall, to search out his hiding and to cause dissension and disarray among the Dark East. They must have had very great influence on the history of the Second and third age in the weakening and disarraying the forces of the east who both in the second and third age otherwise have outnumbered the west that's a direct quote about the blue wizards from token so one or both may have been around a little bit in the second age but i thought the blue wizards were different they were different but they were also like like the first to to come to middle earth Mm, okay like i think there's even a tidbit when uh, in The Hobbit, um, <laughs> when he mentions that there's other, uh, Gandalf mentions that there were other wizards or somebody mentions other wizards. And I remember Bilbo going like, are there other wizards? Or like, and he, he goes, are there? And he's like, yes. And he's like, are they great wizards or are they more like you? And then he goes on to talk about the two blues. He's like, but I can't. I can't remember what their names were. And then he goes like, there was the whoever, and then there's Saruman the white and then Radagast. But he does mention the blue ones, but I think I'm quite certain he says something about how they were like a long time ago. Hmm. So this could, I mean, like like, we've been, they've been fucking, we've been smashing all kinds of um, theories this, this entire episode so far. And like, if if Halbrand could in fact be like the the quote unquote king of kings, then why couldn't this this Maiar be Saruman? Yeah, it's more than possible. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we'll probably find out when they eventually meet up with Galadriel. Because if anything, she would still know. She was around during the first age and fall of Morgoth. That's All when her right. brother died. So and if if anybody knew about the blue wizards and like them being around 
uh, to serve the kingdoms of Middle Earth and help defeat Morgoth and Sauron, then she would know if anything. She might even right. fucking recognize. Recognize? Him. I was just gonna ask. Do you think she'd recognize him? Yeah, probably. Oh, I mean, if it's anything like Gandalf, he came back looking almost identical, just a different hair color. <laughs> so, and haircut. Uh, was it? Yeah, they straightened him out. <laughs> I guess, they, yeah. They, they look a lot more like Saruman. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. My boy had drip when he came back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, I, I, do, I do think that she would recognize him if, uh, if they had met at like an earlier point in the age that's cool all kinds of crazy shit going down in middle earth and i i I can't wait to see how this fucking plays out i'm I'm serious man if you if you shatter my brain i don't know what's gonna happen if you're right about halbrand i i hope so man i can (laughs) see it but like we'll see i was wrong about uh a lot of things no i'm kidding <laughs> I don't know. I think I've actually been pretty good so far. I'd have to go back and listen to the episodes, but I think I've got a majority of my predictions correct. Whoa. <laughs> I actually don't remember these things, so I can't really speak to that. I gotta do a better job of like keeping track of uh the things that I <laughs> you gotta that write I say. that shit down. Yeah, especially like from the earlier episodes that we started talking about from like episode one and two. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are probably a few things that uh, age pretty well from those episodes that the three of us have said for theories. Quite possible. Um, Yeah, overall, pretty fucking crazy episode. I thought it was well done. It's It's like the last, for me, it's like the last three episodes have been fucking key mm-hmm. that have been, yeah. been sweet fucking awesome and the show just keeps picking up and picking up and picking up um good for them fucking a and yeah. and like like i said before like fuck all the haters you can go 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 hate by yourselves <sighs> fuck them all yeah i was just thinking like even this episode i'm like i hope all the people who are upset that like aaron deer a black elf exists in this is like taking their words back because he's a great character and him not being a textbook white elf is like not taking away from the show at all so yeah i also want to say that i feel like they did his uh like the way that he moves in combat is so well done Mm mm-hmm like, they gave him that really airy, floaty feel that you would expect, especially after, like, we see Legolas doing a lot of stuff like that in the original yeah. Uh, trilogy. Yeah. But they, the way, like, I, I guess it's probably just the more advanced uh, CGI that they're using right now. They make it look so fucking good in this show. Like, it, it just looks so fluid. It's awesome. Watching yeah. him fight the orcs in this episode was All dope. The flips and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And just like the way that like when he did that uh he did this one thing where he went to like stab at an orc's head and it dodged and then he just like got it in the backswing. Uh <laughs> like it, I don't know, it's just the fluidity. Like every everything that he does, even if it looks like it misses, is intentional in combat. Well it's dope. Part of it made me think when he was saying that line to the kid i can't remember the kid's name um theo 
Theo. Yeah, he I was sa- he was saying like it took me like what was it some like tens of years or like a hundred years to get the courage that you have now, and you you've done it at fourteen, and mm-hmm. it made me think. Yeah, holy shit, this guy's probably had like a hundred so years of like combat experience no wonder this guy is so fucking fluid and like everything comes second nature like could you imagine you know by the time you're 18 i hope you know how to walk on two feet now imagine being 200 and having like had combat experience for 200 years and just like that's probably second nature to you like it's probably really hard to take on an elf 1v1 and you know when galadriel was fighting and training all those Numenoreans before they went on the voyage, you could see that too. She was taking on like five of them with ease. And mm-hmm. and yeah, so yeah, elves are like definitely nothing to laugh at for sure. Yeah, and they're doing a great job of showing that here. Because I feel like a lot of the time when we see elves that aren't like a focused character like Legolas, we kind of just saw them get the shit kicked out of them at Helm's Deep. As like they helped, sure, but then they still got overrun pretty easily. Right. So it, it, they it, they didn't like they didn't focus on them enough there. Not that I think that it takes away, because to be honest, I think that's probably my all time favorite battle scene in all of movies is uh, the Helm's Deep battle. Um, yeah. but I do think that uh, Legolas was the only elf that actually they actually, like, tried to make him seem cool. Yeah, I see your point, and I agree, yeah. Legolas was a badass, but then, like, in the Hobbit trilogy, he was just, like, not that prominent, I felt like. But, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say on uh, on Rings of Power, though. I just I thought it was a we had as much as we episode. Did. Yeah. I was going to say, I'd be surprised <laughs> if we had more to say, um, yeah. considering we're already <laughs> fucking way up there. Um. Yeah, let's move this conversation right along. Uh, do you want to slide into Andor? Do you want to talk about some other? Uh, I feel like stuff? we could do Andor pretty quick. I don't have much to say about it at all, to be well, honest. Well, this will this will be on you guys because I I did not uh, yeah. get a chance to to take a look at that that last episode. Right. But I don't mind that you talk about it. So cool. Well, Ollie, you'd said something uh, before we started recording here. You had uh, wanted to talk about something, like one or two things in particular uh, about this episode of Andor. Um, What were those things? Yeah, well, like one of those things kind of pertains to what we've been seeing with a certain character throughout the episodes. I can't remember when he was introduced. It was probably from episode one. I feel the first three episodes, whenever they drop them in like one go, and I watch them all in one go, it it melds together, and I can't remember which happened in what episode, but yeah, um, they, they have that one, like, officer guy who, he's kind of like, he, he seems kind of young, like he's, like, in his early 20s, um, like, the, the, that tall guy that was, like, trembling in episode 3 when, like, the, the, what was it, like, the car or whatever went off behind him as, like, Cassie and, and the Skarsgård guy was, like, making their um getaway and mm-hmm. the like the the more portly irish uh officer was starting to like shake him out of it and being like hey we gotta go um that guy i'm kind of interested in like what's going on with his character because he went from being so like adamant about like chasing Andor down and everything and obviously like his regiment like fucked up and they could not capture 
um, Andor. Um, and now it's seeming like he's stripped of his like rank or at least put on leave for a while. I, mm-hmm. The conversation he had with the, the, the officer in the white suit um, when the three of them were at attention this episode, he was saying something to him is like, that was something along the lines of like, there's no getting out of this for like the position you were in. Like you, like you basically bungled the investigation and like the pursuit of this guy that I I kind of understood that they were making an example of him. So it sounds like now that he's been like discharged, like he has his suitcases and he's going back home to mom and then his mom sees him at the door and fucking just like slaps him (laughs) and then the granny like across the way is like staring (laughs) at this and she's like shaking her fist and being like what are you what are you looking at um i kind of get the vibe that he was a he was a kid who had a little bit um more to chew than he could take on and his mom kind of saw that and was like wow you're gonna join like this science brigade or whatever the fuck they are um and it's dangerous work and like i'm never gonna see you again and then he shows up at the door and i found it a little bit weird that it took her that long to like react to him at the door because the door opened and then it was like a good like 10 seconds of her looking at him and then she was like oh i remember my cue and then she was like son and then slapped him kind of thing um <laughs> like yeah but Anyways, I'm kind of getting the vibe that that. that he is um, that he's going to try to like be uh, chasing after Andor and the other rebels on his own, and I think he's gonna like defect and switch sides eventually. I feel Do you think that he's that's... gonna be the one? Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But if no, I don't, okay. my, my brain won't, won't won't connect it. Do you think he's gonna be the one that gives them the plans to the Death Star? Maybe, like that's could be what they're leading to. Like, there's gonna be a turning point near the end of the season where he realizes he's gotten just as far, but have they really given him anything in the end? Um, so I think he's gonna have like a change of heart. I know. I think I said this. Like, what was the last show? we watched where i feel where i was like oh that guy's gonna have a change of heart and or die by the end of the series um oh shit obi-wan i think it was obi-wan and i said that about some other character um i can't remember anyways but um yeah i think that's what's gonna happen with that officer character um uh eventually i just find it kind of interesting because usually when they have like a villain or an antagonist of a show they really don't make them feel, and I'm not just talking about Star Wars, but just in general. Like I can't remember the last time where I really saw an antagonist like beaten and and defeated like this, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, and I feel like that's kind of like a fresh take on it. It makes his character a lot more empathetic, and I wonder if they're gonna use him as a means of looking into the other side of the coin kind of like how they did with Finn in the new trilogy where it was like sure you're part of the Imperials in some way but do you really align with their values or like what they're doing so I feel like we're we're gonna see that with his character on this show I can agree with you for the most part I, I feel like typically that's the route that this type of character would be given in a Star Wars property 
but I'm almost more so hoping that uh, we're seeing all of this because we're actually just going to watch him eventually snap. And oh. <laughs> I, I want this to happen because I think that, uh, for one, like it's something that they haven't tried yet, at least if they go the other way where he eventually you know, becomes a rebel because he was seeking out justice for his fellow officers and he is just like, he has a, uh, a more notable moral compass than most of his colleagues that uh, he was working security with um, and then switches to the good side. Like, that's the Riva storyline from Kenobi. We've already seen that. And well, if they yeah. do it well, they do it well. However, I think that... Um, this show would benefit more from an antagonist that is no longer held down by like your typical restrictions of like stormtroopers being absolutely dog shit at anything they do. Yeah. Um, we'll see more of a close. bounty hunter type story where he's trying to turn in these rebels to the Empire, but trying to kill Cassian um for fucking up his life more or less and that's what i hope we see out of the character so he's essentially but i think i think you're right like the more likely outcome is for him to eventually like see that the rebellion is doing all these things that align with his morality and join up yeah i feel like that's definitely kind of the theme of the new trilogy of star wars is that like it's about redemption and like seeing the good that you actually want to do versus like the bad that's already going on um so but i see your point where i could see him like pushed to the brink and you know the way that i could see that happen is because he is kind of like his character is kind of a pussy like he was trembling he didn't really know his tactics very well like cassian was easily able to get the drop on him even though they like stormed the warehouse and like blew up the wall right mm -hmm. and then now he's stripped of his rank but i also don't see him being a guy who actually like has the kind of connection or drive to do that but at the very least i feel like where they're going to start with it next episode is he will try to pursue and or whether he actually is like what you said or he will go and change sides um and to compare it to the Riva thing, I feel like that's slightly different because I feel like Riva is not really like totally confirmed that she's going to be a good person now. I think that she's just going to be like kind of an anti-hero. She's going to still be on like her own agenda. I don't know. I feel like this could be a very different case. I feel like this character is going to be what I wish that the new trilogy did with Kylo Ren's character and that he just switches to the bright side light side i don't know the jedi side um mm -hmm. the light side that's right the light side yeah okay um instead of just like having a last minute epiphany when all of his knights die and he's got nothing else to lose at that point and then um what's her face like has that heart to heart moment with him before he passes and yeah that was such wasted potential for that character uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, like, this is episode five, I think? Four. Four? Oh, so we still got, like, five more, right? Isn't it nine episodes? I think this one is 12. Oh, it's 12? Oh, okay, wow. I so think we're, like, so, yeah. a third of the way through. 
Yeah, I think um, that's why they dropped three episodes on the first day. Uh, is because they probably only have a certain amount of time allotted before they have to have a gap between their next show, which I think is the Bad Batch. Ew. Um, so it's like typical Marvel show format where we'll go from like She-Hulk and then we'll have like a month and a half break God, and then we'll go into I the forgot next that Marvel show. Existed. show. Yeah, go on. Same here. I actually <laughs> haven't watched like the last two or three episodes. Okay, I after last episode when when alex was talking about like that fight and that was like the only redeemable thing that happened in the episode i i went to go watch it because i had nothing else that i really wanted to see on tv at the at the time i mean it wasn't like immediately after the episode of course it was like a few days later but still and yeah i i kind of agree it's like i like this show still feels like it's going nowhere but at least it has like an interesting thing going on with that intelligentsia i guess yeah. But I saw the promo. I don't know. I still don't really I care. I saw the promo of everything the recent about episode, it is bland. and again, it seems really just like lackluster. And you know, it it wasn't that bad. The oh, second you half. It? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm still watching it. Oh okay. Like, I, I have to. Come I, out, though. Oh god, no, no, <laughs> I, I <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not that avid about it. I just I, whenever I had the spare time, I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it real quick. Um, the second half of that episode wasn't actually that bad, um, but it's still it's still not great. The show is still having. A, I think it's having a tough time deciding what it wants to be. Yeah, and um, I I don't know if we're going to get there by the end of the season. Um, mm. but uh, I mean, like, watch it, don't watch it, makes no difference to me. Um. I am certain I will have a blurb to go on about uh, when the season ends. Yeah, I kind of want to watch it like all of it for the season finale, just so we can talk about it in summary on uh, one episode. But I don't feel like it has enough substance to be an episodic thing for the podcast. Because like yeah. when we were doing it episodically, the conversation was more or less it's bad. Do you guys agree? Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay, let's totally. move on. But uh, I do, before we move on too hard from this, I want to uh, talk about some things with Andor and continue that conversation. Yeah, yeah I was going to say back to Andor, um, please. Because I, I want to so talk more about <laughs> I want to talk more about this character. Uh, and so the conversation that you were talking about earlier, Ollie, uh, these this like security group that he is working for, they work in tandem with the Empire, but they're not Empire. They're like a they're like security for hire. Like Blackwater. And pardon? They're like Blackwater, which is like a, a private well, security firm. Yeah. A real life private Pinker, security firm. Pinkerton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um but well, uh, hang on, so Are, didn't they didn't they have a whole discussion in that like boardroom where the guy was like, what is our purpose? And the lady like said verbatim what their purpose was. And he was like, wrong. If you want security, call the Navy. We are here for health care. So well, that guy, like those are Imperials. Those guys are Imperials on Coruscant. They're um, what he means is like, they're not actual like healthcare providers. He's saying that insurgents and, uh, like, people that are disruptive and, uh, like, go against their strict code 
are a sickness. They're a disease. And his whole thing is that he is, he sees this like group of people. These are more or less like, uh, they're, they're divvied out sectors of the galaxy where they watch over and dictate how tight the empire's security has to be. So the case of uh, all of this stuff happening with Cassie and killing these two officers, then it escalates up to uh, this high of a level. Um, and then they say that they need uh, the intervention of the empire to deal with it. So we're going to see a full-on occupation coming in the next couple episodes where like the streets are going to be patrolled by stormtroopers, kind of like the way that uh, we see them in episode nine with the new order or first order troopers like going around that city where they're trying to reprogram 3PO to read Sith. Uh, they're going around like that city and you see people getting like dragged out of their homes by first order troopers uh, and just like shot in the street and stuff like that. That's, that's what we're going to see happen now because to them, the security issue has escalated out of the control of this private sector that they've hired. And that's why this dude has lost his job. He's not the only one, like all of these people lost their job, including the guy that was saying we should cover this up. Um, that made this other security guy step up. Yeah. Okay. So I think that you're right in him going after Cassian alone, but I think that he's going to get deterred by the Empire even further. And that's kind of when we're going to start to see him like fully breaking. Um, and I think that by the end of the season, he'll be an enemy to both of these factions and like do some serious damage to both of them. And that's probably going to be the reason why this planet is destroyed in a so-called mining disaster. Damn. And do you think this guy will walk away from all of this? Or Oh, no. I think, I think he'll die. Because, like, every time that we have a planet that's destroyed in a mining disaster due to mysterious means, there's always been a cover-up for the Death Star. So I almost think that this guy is going to go so far off the rails. He starts like bombing Imperial uh, like uh, cruisers and stuff like that to a point where they think that there's nothing else that they can do but eradicate the this planet's disease. Oh. Hot stuff. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Aside from that, though, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about with this episode was um, us getting to see Mon Mothma, which I thought was super cool, which and her still is... being part of the Senate. Oh, is that the chick? The yeah, the one that... that went to go and buy the, like, to do a fake art deal with that guy, uh, the guy that took Cassie into the Rebellion. Yeah, can I ask, like, has he been named yet? I don't know if I missed it um he does have a name i because i watched it with subtitles and they i don't remember what they call him luther oh. or something oh, well lutheran like was Luth what she called him for the art Luthal. deal but i think that's one of his like personas yeah i yeah. i'm not a hundred percent sure but i feel like i know who this character is and i don't know why 
I feel like I've seen him in something Star Wars before. Okay. And like but just by like a different somebody. actor or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe is, um... like maybe it was like a live or they like he was in an animated something. Like that that character was animated in one of the shows or something. I I don't know for certain. I just I feel like he's familiar and that I know him from somewhere. Um, but Mon Mothma appearing is really cool because knowing that this show takes place five years before um, A New Hope, yeah, uh, we're actually probably going to see her fully defect from the Empire. She was, I believe, the first one to like fully and openly defect. Oh. And that that's like the whole reason why they blow up um uh Leia's home planet. What's that called again? Alderaan. Alderaan. Yeah, because they they see like this pattern of uh Alderaan's ships getting stolen under mysterious causes uh and like they see all these patterns um tying bail organa the senator of that planet to uh the rebellion so they make an example out of it because of betrayals like mon mothma as she is up there and one of the most influential senators um and at this point the senate still very much exists so she actually carries a lot of weight her voice is a lot of uh bearing on um, things that happen in the galaxy under the empire mm-hmm. so th- they're just trying to get rid of her like that's why we have that whole conversation about how she is new spies every day in in the senate and like her driver is mysteriously new and all these things yeah okay okay that's interesting i didn't know yeah that much about that Aside from that, though, like, this this is all just, like, uh, I don't know. I just know a lot about these characters because they've appeared in a lot of other things. Like, it, you would, I feel like if you watched Rebels, you would have, uh, you would generally probably come to similar conclusions about some of these characters. Because that show has a lot to do with a lot of these people in, like, loose ways. But, uh... That's really all I had to say about uh, about Andor. I think that it's still absolutely fantastic, and I think this episode is the best one so far. I can't wait but, to watch. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's, it's just such a secluded story that I feel like I don't have much more to say. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing as a Star Wars fan. We don't normally get things that are um you know with without being full of cameos and yeah uh, just like big name drops like it's this rogue one and the mandalorian that have so far had like nothing to do with like the majority of star wars storylines and they're actually like getting out there and well okay rogue one obviously has something to do with main star wars storylines but like like a lot of it minus the darth vader uh cameo was really like its own fresh characters and and other storylines right so i'm Mm -hmm. liking that because because like i I feel like i've said it so many times by now that you guys have told me so much about star wars lore that it like it's a shame that they don't get into a lot of that because a lot of it comes down to like luke skywalker or anakin skywalker or something like that and i'm just like 
I don't know. I feel like there's so much yeah. more Star Wars than that, and I don't know why even the main trilogy still focuses on like that. I totally agree. I think Star Wars needs to stay uh, moving away from the prophecy story. Um, and uh, I mean, knowing that Taika is working on a project, he's already come out and said that he's uh, not doing anything like related to the prophecy story that we see in the Skywalker saga, good. which is really good. And it's just nice to see that this show is doing something uh, really like outside the box because it, to me, it means that Taika might have better reception, especially after what happened with Thor where people, I feel like he caught the brunt of a lot of shit that probably wasn't his fault. Yeah. And I hope that that doesn't change people's perspective on his capabilities as a director. Um, but I think having Andor be so far away from everything we typically see from Star Wars that uh, Taika's vision of what he wants to create for Star Wars has a better potential to succeed and be well-received because we can see things that are outside the norm. Yep. Yep. That sounds good to me. Sounds good to everyone. Good to me more so. But to everyone. <laughs> and everyone's more than you. But I am more than it. But you can't be because there are literally more everyone than just you. Well, that's unfortunate for them because I've already claimed that title of more. <laughs> Ollie is everyone. <laughs> I'm everything and everyone all at once. <laughs> watch that movie. That's God quite the accolade. I'm not going to watch that movie. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to watch that movie one day and you're going to like. I'm definitely going to watch me. that movie. But you... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, and you're gonna text me and just be like Oliver you shit I, all over it yeah no and I'm gonna tell you how bad it is I, I <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you why why you push so hard for me to watch this fucking movie because it will change your life with a bunch of washed up actors whoa Michelle Yeoh <laughs> is not a washed up actor she's actually gonna be in the new Witcher um, yeah I know Blood and something or blood yeah by the something. way did, really? did you guys care about any of that tutum stuff that netflix was doing the what i don't it know was, what this is i don't know what their acronym was but it was basically like netflix day like disney plus day where they announced like all the netflix originals that are going to come out and whatnot oh i mean oh, i knew okay. that that's that witcher spinoff's been in the works for a while there's been a trailer for like almost a year now yeah they just i mean the only thing they really dropped for it it was the release date which is i think this december um, oh shit no way yeah I, huh. I think it's around the time the avatar movie comes out um but yeah it's uh it's coming out this year and there was other announcements with us the only one that really like caught my eye on the headlines so yeah anyways um i That's think cool. earlier you said that i had two things to talk about and or and i feel like i forgot whatever that second one was um i think it was just that that one actor that that we meet like um oh that's yeah part of like the, the rebel the squad show. sorry mm -hmm. I, I don't you didn't bring this up in uh in the show no like, not you, in you the said show. this before we started recording oh yeah that's right yeah yeah he's he's in that new show the bear on disney plus he's the like the blue-eyed guy that i don't know looks 
in, like to be in his early 40s or something. Um, he was the one that had the blaster up to the face of the kid that was sleeping because he was like, I like we're all dead by now if you were actually asleep and they were coming. Um, that guy, he's a really good actor. He plays a really flawed character in that show, The Bear, about like the restaurant that the one guy inherited, and he's trying to. He's not the main character, but he's he's definitely like one of the bigger supporting actors of that show. And when I okay. saw him in this, I'm just like, oh, it's gonna be that good quality of a show. Okay, okay. So definitely watch Andor and definitely watch The Bear. It just finished season one like last week or something, and like what a great season. Yeah, people okay. keep pushing for me to watch The Bear. I'll get there. It's just it's being a show about kitchens and that was like my life for a good chunk of time well yeah that's honestly what i hear from the reviews of what i've read um by people is like man i worked in a kitchen like this it gives me anxiety and like there's there's like there's a one-shot episode where like everything goes wrong the entire episode in the kitchen and like the main guy from shameless he just like fucking blows up on everybody and people were like i cannot watch that episode because it was just too real i was starting to feel the anxiety like case in point there was like a character who throughout the throughout the series uh he's being introduced to like a culinary book like specifically for baking and he's starting to get really interested in baking and make these like elaborate like things in his free time at work so much so that he's actually sleeping in the kitchen so that he could do all his baking in his free time because it takes too long to commute to and from work and he's that invested in it and on this episode when like everything goes wrong he goes up to his boss and be like hey boss i made this jelly donut and then he's this boss is like flipping out at this point at everybody else and he's just like are you fucking with me right now like we are like basically a sloppy joe restaurant and you're giving me a fucking jelly donut and like and like you should be doing your job and yeah so a lot of people were saying that that gives them anxiety because like that dude was not doing his job and oh but it was a really good episode really good one shot and uh i'm just i'm worried about being triggered and like having ptsd about my kitchen days and i just that's why i'm so hesitant with it and like uh that's what i've heard people get triggered by it well right and my buddy chase fan of the show actual fan of the show um (laughs) (laughs) He's watching it right now, but he's still currently in that world. So, like, oh, interesting. It's, uh, it's. I, I guess maybe it's easier for him. He was the first person to suggest it to oh. me because mm. we both like kitchen stuff and like. Well, if you... Chef is like one of my favorite movies of all time because John Favreau is amazing and a genius. John, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah. Um. Well, have you seen or I'm heard? Not done. Oh, okay. go on. <laughs> Um, have you seen or heard of that one show that like Ross Schwimmer was doing, um, where he did, did a you spell. just call him Ross Schwimmer? You, you literally just took the, his character, his actor name. <laughs> yeah. Because... Fucking what, what is his real name? David Schwimmer? David, yeah, David, David Schwimmer. Schwimmer. <laughs> I was trying Wait, to like say. Wait, like the guy from Friends? Yeah, the guy from yeah. Friends. Oh yeah. yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it was, it was. I think it's Axe. There's only two seasons, but um, there was a show he was doing like three years ago where um, 
he his friend was an ex-con who just got out of prison but both of them grew up and were best friends and they were trying to start up this restaurant in the bronx that was like really fancy and bougie and he was a sommelier and and his friend was like the head chef and um there was a bunch of like drama going on as they were trying to start up this restaurant and it it gave me similar vibes but the bear like takes that and definitely like makes you love and hate certain characters at the same time but it shows so much like character development and like from episode one everyone's like this shitty like restaurant chef who uh like doesn't want anything to do with the new boss who like changes the menu changes the way they operate makes them all yell behind and yes chef and and no you know like when they're doing their job and they don't like this change and then over the course of the season they all follow along in suit and become better people and and better at their jobs and you know is everyone happier i don't know watch the show but like you know um it's just it reminded me of that show and i liked that show and this is like 10 times better and yeah is that feed the beast yeah feed the beast was that what it was called yeah Feed the beast I looked it up because I wanted to know what it was called. Feed the Beast. Because I've only ever seen Schwimmer in Friends and like in miscellaneous movie roles and whatever. Yeah, I know, Over right? Over the course of the years, I don't like, I just assumed that his career ended when Friends ended. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it practically did. Oh, it doesn't even look like they had a season two. They got a season one and then it got canceled or something. But it was it was on its way to being like a decent jim sturgis was the other one where is he from but anyways yeah and the bear definitely will get renewed for a season two because like how could it not it's such a good show oh that was the guy from 21 that gambling movie with michael keaton huh interesting oh yeah yeah the other guy in feed the beast he was the lead actor the kid who was really good at like counting cards and then michael keaton came up to him and was like do you want to count cards in vegas Uh, wait there's how many fucking movies are there like that (laughs) yeah that's a good point there are like two or three that came out in like a span of a year i feel it was one of those movie fads where you know what there was like the year that the two hercules movies came out and then there was the year that the two dracula movies came out and then like what else i feel like that happens every few years where there's just like two movies that come out at the same time and usually kevin what happens, spacey kevin spacey was the one not michael keaton um, yeah because you you threw me you threw me for as i've seen 21 i'm like wasn't that somebody else and then oh, my brain couldn't connect well, i feel it. like I feel like Michael Keaton did a movie like that too. So that's probably what I'm thinking. I mean, of. probably I wouldn't be fucking surprised. Yeah. At all. But anyways, yeah, there's just like every now and then you'll get those movies like that. And usually what it happens is there's two studios that are involved with like the rights or something. So then they're just like, Hey, we're going to do it how we want to do it. And you do it how you want to do it. And then that's how it ends up happening. Cause it's the same project that gets like split up into two. And then they both try to compete with each other. And yeah, it's just greed basically. Um, yeah, I don't know if we were done talking about Andor. Sorry, we got on a tangent. I didn't really have anything else to say. You you brought it back to that Andor actor. because you were yeah. talking about the... Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and no, I don't think I have anything else to say except I'm kind of looking forward to this impossible heist that they have to like pull off. Um, I think that's going to be interesting. Outrunning TIE Fighters in nine minutes. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And it seems like it's not just going to be like an end of the season thing. Like, I, I think we're going to get it happen yeah. over the course of the next maybe one or two episodes. Yeah. And then they move on to That's something else, which is really cool. That's the vibe I got as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice, because I, I feel like most shows would just like, they would feed you that line at the beginning and then just drag you along to the very end to show yeah. you anything cool. I really like my heist shows and movies. I like a good heist. I like a good one, but I feel like most of them are very predictable because they stick to the one or two like tropes that essentially yeah. build heist movies. Well, like you guys have seen the Oceans movies, right? I haven't seen the reboot one with um like the gender bullet cast. Yeah. Um, but the OG trilogy, the first one was really good, and then the second one was like, what the fuck is this even? There's just too much garbage in this. And then the third one went back to its roots and and was a lot better. So I feel like I that... I like all of them. You this like might be a hot take, but I really feel like those movies did not age very well. No, they didn't. And yeah, I, that's what I'm getting at I think at that here. because... Yeah, exactly. But like... It, the the point that I want to make is that The Godfather kind of did the opposite for me, where, yes, it is all of the tropes that began all of the tropes in gangster movies, mm. but it still feels like it holds up today, whereas the Oceans movies, I feel like they don't. Like, all of the, the suspense is taken out of it because you know exactly what's going to happen. Like, from yeah. the point that they start explaining the heist, you know that it's happening as they're explaining it. I know. And you yeah, know that's the they're going to get betrayed. That's and the you know that, that like they're yeah. going to do these things. That's what I was going to say. And then they keep doing that every every uh, movie. And then like in the second one, it just does not work very well. And it did not age very well. And the pacing is all over the place. And like the, the story doesn't even get its plot till like halfway through the movie. And yeah, it's just garbage. I yeah remember. i don't know i'm not a fan of those movies but i i'm definitely uh i i feel like and i'm i'm definitely not part of a majority that feels that way yeah and then <laughs> I, I recently um i don't know if you remember when that Zack snyder movie came out with the zombies the army of the dead was it and then they had like the prequel movie to it come out like a few months later and yeah about the safe cracker about the safe cracker guy and I don't know if you guys watched that one, but that one was not. not what I expected it to be. I thought it was a heist movie. It was like a rom-com. Like, it was the guy falling in love with, what's, uh, Natalie Emanuel, the one from Game of Thrones? The chick sure. from the Unsullied? The, the one that gets, like, her head cut off at the top of the, in, like, the last season? Um... The guy who, yeah, the chick who falls in love with the unsullied guy. Um, so yeah, she's in it, and it's kind of like a love story, and it like makes the events of the end of the Army of the Dead that much sadder. I don't know why they went ahead and did a prequel to this. Like, it doesn't really make sense. They do reference the zombies because it's on the TV once, and they're just like, "Why are we trying to like rob banks when there's like zombies who are gonna take over the world?" And that's like as but a much of a connection aside from the character showing up in it too that they have. But yeah, okay. I think that's the last like heist movie I saw that actually like didn't feel like a heist movie. 
Well, last heist weird. movie I saw that didn't feel like a heist movie was Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, time that was heist. technically a yeah, time heist. It was a time heist. And now we're going to get like a multiverse heist or a microverse heist. <laughs> Who knows what's going to go on with Ant-Man or uh, yep. Black Panther. It's going to be a, a, a water heist. Also, I noticed the in the <laughs> Marvel movies are just heist movies now. I don't know if it's a new trailer or just like Son an extended bitch, trailer. But the new Black <laughs> Panther movie that's coming out, I noticed that the Atlanteans, when they turn on their like suits, they become blue. And like I was like, oh, that's how they're gonna do the whole like Atlantean looking like that's kind of an interesting twist to it. Well, because they're like people, right? And the, the yeah. only like, uh, <laughs> what's like his name people. is a mutant, and that's why he's like different, and that's why he's their leader. But I don't want to go too far off tangent here. I think we're at a good point where we can wrap this up now. I don't yeah, want to sure. obviously make it too long. Um, but unless like we had any closing statements on any of the topics that we uh, talked about today, I don't think we should get into any new topics. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> what, what you, you want to continue with 215 2 hours 15 minutes in i don't know yeah. if uh <laughs> i don't know if we should continue past this point i mean that's a good point well, I, I thought don't... we i just i think i thought we were gonna have time to talk about deadpool stuff but that can wait till i mean next no it'll wait yeah it'll wait till when, next week. when more gets revealed about it i feel like they're gonna start revealing maybe more of like the plot going forward so Probably. I'm, looking to I'm that. sure we'll start to get more and more just, on it. Of, and of course, Hugh Jackman is back because money. So, yeah, we can more thoughts on that next week. Tune in. Tune in. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Or, tune no. Tune Why? up. What? Dragon Ball Z. Gross. Whoa. You did what are not you just fucking say just a hater, Alex. Dragon Ball Z. I'm not a hater. I appreciate. And like some anime, the Dragon Ball Z is nothing more than a half-hour scream fest. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've ever seen a real episode of the show. I have seen so many episodes of that show. I am exaggerating Kamehameha. for dramatic and comedic, and comedic <laughs> effect. But it's that's not. What, it's, that's what, it's not. I, yeah, cool, thanks. Name thanks, of man. the episode, Hyperbole. <laughs> it's Hyperbole. Jeez. Well, some English is pronounced than other English different. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fuck. Oh, man. No, thanks. Quit slaying me. Oh. Let's, yeah, let's wrap this up then. We have more thoughts next week on other cool things. That is not Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Fuck me, we will never have... Mark my words right now. We will never have an episode about Dragon Ball Z. Well... <laughs> Ever. I wish I was the one naming episodes, because I would just, to spite you, name this episode Dragon Ball Z, like, r review or something like that. <laughs> just call it Kakarot. <laughs> yeah, Kakarot. Straight up, just Kakarot. All right, well, let's wrap this shit up. I'll keep it short and simple wrap up shout outs that's it i don't know where my brain kept going wrap up um shout outs to joey over at blind knowledge go to blindknowledge.com to check our stuff out check out the other stuff that is affiliated with blind knowledge uh and also check out the boys over 
at Nerd Talk Plus. They're awesome. They're American. They're stoners. They're nerdy. They would have a Dragon Ball Z fucking episode. They probably have several. They got 146 episodes. Go check that shit out. Also, Ryan, did you uh, did you want to talk about your possible new platform? Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to that, though. We're getting to that. In the shout-out section. Yeah. Right like, now. I'll talk yeah. about it when it's my turn. Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to... I wanted to shout you out, because I'm a homie. Well, like, that's that's kind of the thing, though, is, like, I got to talk about this for... <clears throat> you'll see it when I get to it, because there's a big reason why that can't happen. Well, fuck. Yeah. Well, guess what? Sir... If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? <laughs> well, as of now, only Instagram. I am still on Twitch. Uh, however, I'm thinking that the streams are going to stop um, because of a lot of things that uh, Twitch is doing. Um, they're they're really like they're doing big changes on their platform and things that are being changed are not for the better in any way as a content creator on their platform. So uh, it's looking like the streams are going to be moved over to YouTube. Um, The issue and the reason why they haven't uh, resumed as of like today would be the first stream is because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my name back. (gasps) Oh, no. Why? Uh, it's, I don't know. Like, I just, it it just might not be available. So we'll see. Like, I have nothing at the, at this moment, I have nothing to shout out because there isn't going to be streams probably until next week when we're recording, um, like updates will be in the next podcast. Uh, but I won't stream until I've, you know, gotten everything sorted um moved over to the other platform for certain uh and then actually know what name i'm shouting out to you guys i guess uh i see so in the meantime um shout out to alex (laughs) (laughs) he'll set up some OnlyFans streams Uh, (laughs) yeah who's to say i don't already have some oh yeah that's true that's Making yeah. money hand over fist with that. You don't shaking, even know. I'm ready to quit my job. Ass. Yeah, I'm <laughs> quit my job, boys. Alex does a mean twerk. <laughs> <laughs> Dummy thick. With five C's. Oh. Yeah. Yep. I said it. You heard it here first. All these people want to find you on the internet. Where can they find you? Wherever they can find Ryan. I'm just kidding. He's, he's Which isn't off the anywhere. Like, no. right Literally yeah. nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, at uh, Instagram, at Oliver.hruiz. Ruiz. You gotta roll your R's, man. I can't be the only person here who does uh, that. It's hard. I don't know. I find it hard when I switch from English to Spanish so quickly to do the rolling R's part. I am whitewashed and have lost the ability 90% of the time. I demand you practice. <laughs> Whoa. I yeah. mean, yeah, sure. You're recast Ollie as a white guy. I should. <laughs> Ollie is a white guy. Title of the episode. <laughs> I mean, I might. <laughs> but people I mean, have I to might. listen. People have to listen through two hours and 20 minutes of this shit in order to get to <laughs> no, that. 
That's got to be the <laughs> shout out accolade for next episode. Ollie, the recently turned white guy. <laughs> Fair enough. If one of you can remind me. <laughs> uh, if you want to find me on the internet, you can. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at the real Snurfin on Twitter, at Snurfin on Instagram. And you can find us, the podcast, also on Instagram and Twitter, at nerdy nomicron and those of you who are listening all around the world if you are on a platform that supports a rating or a like button slap that motherfucker just give it a give it a tippy tap and you don't have to give us five stars i mean yeah we appreciate it but just give us that rating it helps us get out even further across the world than we already are and we're already in japan and india how crazy is that that's pretty How wild. Crazy is that? Literally, that is I'm, fucking wild. I'm telecommunicating right now from Japan and India. We have... <laughs> either that or somebody's got a weird setup for their VPN. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just bouncing around India and Japan listening to our show. Whoever you are, you selfless heroes out in the boons of the world, thank you. Wherever you are. And that's it. That concludes this motherfucking episode. As always. Bye. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Bye. <laughs>